Hey friends, imagine with me for a moment. Life is good, really, really good. You've hit your stride and things are going according to plan. Then in the middle of all of it, God yells, plot twist. I'm Julie Holmquist and you're listening to Kairos Moments, episode number five. Today I talked to my friend, Karen Harmon, about navigating life as it took an unexpected sharp left turn. As a woman who liked to be in control, she found herself depressed, disillusioned, and discouraged with God. You're going to love Karen. She shares her story of wrestling with God in the midst of that plot twist with transparency and humor. She and her husband, Lee, have been married for 15 years, and they have three amazing children. Karen is a homeschool mom, physical therapist, business owner, writer, and speaker, who also serves her local church on the worship team as a small group leader and in the media department doing on-camera work and voiceovers. Karen has spoken at conferences and seminars and has sat on several live event and curriculum panels discussing everything from leadership to motherhood to ministry. She loves to encourage and empower believers to passionately pursue Jesus and their God-given dreams, purpose, and callings. Let's dive in and welcome Karen to the show. Hi, Karen. So glad to have you on the podcast. Hi, Julie. So good to be here with you. I want to tell a little bit about how you and I are connected. I think we met, gosh, I don't even know how long ago it was, probably, I don't know, 30 years ago? Yeah. I mean, it's, ago. Yeah. it was a long time ago. and. Our, my brother and you went to ORU together. Is that right? Yes. Dan and I were very good friends back at Oral Roberts University. And I remember one weekend he came home with me and you came to pick him up at my house. And that's how we met. And I think that was like in the late 90s because that's when I was in school. Oh but yeah, so that's how we originally met all those years ago. <laughs> Well, and then through social media, I came across your Instagram or your Facebook or something, and I saw you, and I was like, I know her. And But what I started reading was you were in a situation or in a season of life where you were walking in your calling. You were, ha- you were a mom. You are a mom, and you're walking in your calling, and all of a sudden, God does a pivot in your life an unexpected pregnancy. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Tell us about your family and um, what you're currently working on. Okay, sounds good. I love that we've reconnected um, over social media. It's just so fun to see how small the world can be sometimes Mm -hmm. when it comes to that. Um, But we've been married, my husband and I have been married about, let's see, 15 years. And we have three children. Our oldest, Abby, is 12, our middle daughter is nine. And then we have our little surprise blessing, little boy named Aiden, and he is almost 16 months old. And just to kind of give a little background before I dive into this pivot story, um, to get a little context around why this was a little bit of a shocker for us. um, I primarily stay home and homeschool um, the two older girls. And I also am a physical therapist. So I work on call for a group of outpatient clinics, but I also own my own practice. Um, It's a mobile physical therapy practice. And then I I wear a lot of different hats. I also serve in leadership at our church. My husband and I help to lead a couple's life group. And then I oversee several um, women's groups that go through the Propel Women curriculum. And then I also serve on our worship team and do some on-camera media work and things like that. So we 
we're living a very busy, fulfilled life. Yes, and you are. Know, just, yeah. And then we still are. And, and we were in a really good groove. Um, and it was about, let's see, 2017 was probably the year I turned 40 that year. First of all, <laughs> there's some context <laughs> around that. Yeah. But 2017, I remember at the end of it, my husband and I were sitting or like, wow, we have hit the sweet spot when it comes to parenting. I think every parent, it's like, okay, when your kids get to that independent stage, you know, when they're all kind of feeding themselves, right. <laughs> no more diapers and naps. And, you know, you just feel a little bit more freedom as a parent to be able to kind of pursue maybe some dreams that you had put on hold or some travels or some other endeavors. And so we were at a really sweet spot at the end of 2017 and just really at a place of like, wow, God, you are so faithful. We're just enjoying life. Um, God was opening some doors for me to do some traveling and speaking with some ministries and just kind of at church and, and even just on my own. And it wasn't anything I was pursuing. It was just these doors that God was opening. Um, and I was just obediently walking through. Mm-hmm. Well, then fast forward a few months into 2018, and it was the end of January, and I found out that I was unexpectedly pregnant at 40, and um, I want to be sensitive because I know there's probably women, as well as men, um, some husbands that are listening to this, they may be struggling in a fertility journey or an infertility journey, or even have dealt with miscarriage or right. possibly infant loss. So I never want to share the story out of a place of like, I'm not grateful to have, you know, been pregnant and had our son. Um, the caveat to that is, you know, it was, this is just my story and I hope it blesses the people that are listening, but I no way want to rub, um, salt in anybody's wounds, but. And I love that about you. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I know that's hard. I mean, my best friend is walking through that journey and I'm sharing that with you because she has made that public. And that's Mm -hmm. part of the story is having to make that call to a best friend who has been trying for years to get pregnant would give anything to that for that. And then for me to call her and be like, Hey, this just happened. And this isn't something we necessarily wanted. This isn't something that we planned. And that was a really difficult phone call as well. But the reason to go back a little bit, that it was a little bit of a shock. One, it wasn't supposed to happen. I think we had like less than 5% chance of getting pregnant. And there was that loss of, of independence. There was that, Oh my goodness, as we all know, that baby stage just requires a lot and um, just a lot of time, a lot of giving of yourself mentally, emotionally, physically, a lot of sleep deprivation. Um, There's just all of that that comes with it. It's a beautiful time, but it's a very difficult time. And so I knew there was, there was that grieving of that independence that was lost. Um, That year in 2018, I had several, probably about nine or 10 altogether speaking engagements lined up across Mm -hmm. the country. Mm-hmm. And because of my due date, I had to cancel most of them. I, I was able to do a few of them during the first and second trimester, but had to cancel most of them um, because it was around my due date. And because I was 40, I was considered high risk. And so I couldn't travel and all of that. And so I'm sitting there questioning God, like, why would you open all these doors? And I, you know, finally said yes, despite the uncertainty, despite the fear of this whole public speaking thing. And I'm in this place of like, okay, God, I'm doing this all in for you. And then now you do this and you take that away. Like, I don't understand. Like, why? why? And then on top of that as well, there was a health issue, um, several health issues, actually. After our second daughter, I was diagnosed with three autoimmune disorders. 
Mm. Um, and so after I had her, I had some massive complications during the pregnancy, you know, during labor and, and even after um, delivery. And my, my doctor, who's a believer, um, who was a believer at the time, he was like, you know, Karen, God is God, but it's just not a good idea for you to get pregnant again. Mm. Um, and we were like, you know what? We feel complete too, was kind of always the quote unquote plan. <laughs> you gotta right. love our plans because God's like, okay, yeah, he's just sitting up there laughing at me. Uh, but we're like, okay, two's good. We're good with that, you know? And so, and so we did what we thought we needed to do to, to ensure that. Um, so there was all this health stuff as well, health for me, as well as health for the baby. So there was just a lot of uncertainty. And um, unfortunately, I wish I could say that, you know what? I was in the sweet spot and I was like, Lord, you're so good. You do good. And I know that you've got this, but I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I went into a very deep, <laughs> dark place um, of a lot of anger and a lot of disillusionment and a lot of why God. Mm. Um, I always say I'm, I'm a recovering control freak. Right. And although I've been a believer most of my life, it's really easy for me to be like, you know what, God, I trust you. You've got a plan. Do what you will with my life. I'll go where you lead. And I think it's really for uh, easy for us to say that when things are going pretty well yes. and things are going in a way that we agree with and we want. <laughs> and then Preach. when he throws, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's easy, right? And then he throws a curveball, and all of that trust and faith oh. that you have in the Lord is severely tested. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, wait a minute. I think we always have this a little bit of control. And then when it's taken away from us, and it was the first time I've had to walk in such blind trust mm. to whatever it was that the Lord had for us. It was blind trust from just a practical standpoint. Um, it was blind trust from a physical standpoint. I didn't know what was going to happen with me or this baby. Um, financially, you know, even just little things like that, I mean, big things and little things, there was right. just a lot of questioning. And so after that first trimester, after going through that contention with the Lord, um, it was just a beautiful time, albeit a hard time with the Lord, that by the time I got to my second trimester, I was at a place of accepting it, going, you know what, Lord, children are a blessing. And I get that now, and we're going to be grateful. And I know that you've got this, you've got us. And no matter what happens, you will lead us, you will guide us, you will take care of us, and we're going to walk because this is obviously your plan. Nothing happens without, without you. So I know that you want this for us. Um, the fact that it was such a small window that we could have even gotten pregnant, less than 5% chance, we know that there's a calling on this child's life. Yes. And I was in this good place mentally, you know, second trimester, but that was um, short-lived, <laughs> as you know. And um, it was the beginning of my third trimester. I was actually leading worship um, on stage and I felt a twinge in my hip. And being a physical therapist, I knew, I was like, okay, that's not uncommon for for pregnant women. And so I did my stretches. I was doing all this stuff. You know, by the time I was in that second, early third trimester, I was also like, you know what? I am going to be the healthiest strongest, most fit 40-year-old pregnant woman the world has ever seen. Like I was just like all in. I was working out and doing so well. And so I thought, you know what? I'm just kind of overdoing it. So I just need to back out, you know, back up a little bit. I knew what to do as a PT. And the pain just kept getting worse. 
So I was going to colleagues, fellow therapists. I even ended up going to a chiropractor, doctors, all of it. And we just couldn't figure out what was going on. And because I was pregnant, I couldn't get, have an x-ray. Right. Finally, one doctor mentioned, you know, let's just go do an MRI, which if you've ever had an MRI done um, on your back is not comfortable, much less when you're seven months pregnant. <laughs> it's like miserable. But it was, you know, our only option. So we went and had the MRI done. Um, by this point, I literally cannot walk um, mm. on my leg. It's just excruciating pain. Nothing I do um, is alleviating it. The MRI came back. The results were I was diagnosed with a very extremely rare condition that happens in only four of every one million pregnancies. My called, gosh. yeah, lucky me. Um, it was called. It's called transient osteoporosis. Mm-hmm. And it typically happens to women in their 20s and 30s, and typically in first pregnancies, which I was none of that. <laughs> um, I think the nice term was um, a geriatric pregnancy is what oh I was. Gosh. And so I didn't fit the bill for any of it. And so I ended up going to one of our top orthopedic surgeons here in Dallas. And he was like, Karen, I'm going to have to get back with you because this is so rare. I honestly haven't seen a lot of these cases. So let me do some research and get back with you. And so um, he came back to me and he said, best case scenario, um, you will be on crutches and won't be able to walk for about six to nine months after you deliver. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So you need to kind of just make some plans to get some help for six to nine months after you deliver. And even then I can't guarantee what's going to happen. And I just was like, are, are you, what? Like, mm-hmm. So what transient osteoporosis is, Julie, is it's this crazy thing where there is swelling in your bone marrow. So mm-hmm. in my thigh bone, in my femur, in that bone marrow, there was swelling. And so that's what was causing all the pain because it was just pressure from the inside out of my bone. Yeah. And so what it was doing was causing like these tiny little fractures in my hip joint mm-hmm. with every step. And that's why it was so painful. And so he immediately put me, you know, non weight bearing with crutches and a wheelchair. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of, that's what we did. And so he collaborated with my OB and the, we finally decided, you know, it was best for me to do a C-section which I had never had before with my first two, but any case study that they had had, any woman that tried to deliver vaginally ended up breaking her hip further, mm-hmm. um, requiring either surgery or a total hip replacement. So I was like, all right, sign me up for that C-section. Looks like that's what we're going to do. Yes, <laughs> so let's make this definitely. happen. So there was just all this stuff. So it was the pain. It was the fact that I couldn't do anything about the pain because I'm pregnant. So you know, I was limited on the medication I could take. So it was either Tylenol or a medication that would knock me out. And I'm like, well, I have two other children that I still need to kind of be there for. And so um, anyway, so I survived those last three months with Tylenol alone and, and just a lot of excruciating pain. And in that moment too, the anger, the disillusionment, the crisis of faith, mm-hmm. um, all those things, the depression even resurfaced and it, and it resurfaced with a vengeance. Mm, I imagine. And, definitely. And I was just at a place where I was like, I don't want anything to do with the Lord. Mm-hmm. How, how could he do this to me? Like I, I have served him my whole life. Mm-hmm. I have done everything I've, I've done to try to live in obedience to him. Right. And why would he allow this to happen? Mm-hmm. You know? and, and I, 
And I know that you, you think of the story of Job and you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't have it anywhere near as bad as Job did. Or, you know, and a lot of people listening obviously have gone through much worse. Um, in yeah, but we, we cannot compare our sufferings. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing the Lord told me, cause I was going through that of like, you know, oh, but I don't have it as bad as this person. I have no right, you know, to, to complain. But then on the other hand, I'm like, this is miserable. God, why are you doing this? How could you, you know, so it was like this crazy psychological, mental, yes. emotional, spiritual, physical battle right. and a lot of contention with the Lord of just like, why? And I got to tell you, Julie, though, during that time, I, I can tell you now on the other side of it, there was nothing that could have brought me closer to the Lord at that moment than going through what I went through. You held that space of holding two things at the same time very well. You know, you, you, you love the Lord, but yet you're struggling with him. You're wrestling right. with him. And I, that's a good place to be. Right. Cause it wasn't like a complete walking away. Right. Cause mm -hmm. I, I knew enough to know that I am nothing without him. I can't do it without him. Um, I still love him. I still need him. I still know that he's good. And that's what I, I kind of say when people ask me, like, how did you get through that time? Like, how on earth, <laughs> like, did you walk through that and come out on the other side? The good news is I ended up, you know, having him, um, long story short, ended up having to do a vaginal delivery without any pain medication or an epidural with a broken hip. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was just a crazy long story. By the time I got to the hospital, it was, I was just too far gone. They, they didn't have time yeah. to prep the OR, give me medication. And so... I did that, but God, even in that, God was there. He was so faithful. I ended up, um, because I'm a physical therapist, I was able to kind of tell the nurse kind of where to put my leg when I needed to push. And so mm. I came out of that and my doctor was like, I, we don't have any other studies that show that a woman that has delivered vaginally with what you had came out without damaging her hip further. And I did, I came out without damaging the hip That's amazing. further than what it was. I ended up being able to walk on my leg about a few weeks after I had him, albeit I was still limping and things, but I was able to walk into my one month, you know, post appointment with my orthopedic surgeon and he was shocked. And yeah. so the beauty of it is to be able to share that testimony on this side of it, but going through it, people are always like, well, what did you do? You know, like, how did you get through that? And I exactly. think, that, you know, when we talk about your Kairos moments, you talk about that one moment or, or whatever that has changed everything. For me, it wasn't really a moment. It was a process. Mm. And it was that process of, I'm going to do what First Peter 5, 7 says. I'm going to cast all my cares on you because you care for me. So I'm going to have all the feels. I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be sad. I'm going to grieve for what was lost. Mm. Um, I'm going to be honest with my emotions because the bottom line is he already knows anyway. Right. So I just need to be honest with it because every medical study I've read that tells me that if I keep it inside, it can actually physically produce toxins in your body that can mm -hmm. affect you physically. Yes. So there's that physical component, not just the spiritual and, you know, emotional component. And so I always tell people, I'm like, have all of the feels, just don't stay there. Right. Don't let it go into bitterness. Don't let it go into unforgiveness. Don't let it go to hatred towards the Lord. Move on from there, but it's important to have all the feels. And then when you do and you release that emotion and you're, you allow him to come in, into that space, into your anger, into your unforgiveness, into the bitterness, into the hurt, um, it's there that we finally are at a place where it's like, wait a minute, you are still good. 
Mm. You are still for me. And I started journaling and I started to remember all of the things that I know that he's done in my life from the small to the medium to the large to remember his faithfulness in my yes. life. Yes. To, to remember that if he'd never done anything again, he sent his son to die on the cross for me and forgave me of my sins to live this wonderfully beautiful life that I have, albeit right now I don't see it. I know he's still good. I had to surround myself with people that were going to encourage me, people that were going to encourage me to get into God's presence because in his presence is fullness of joy mm-hmm. you know, is what Psalms tells us. And so even just getting into his presence, sometimes I needed help from a friend or from my husband, um, whatever it was that I needed to do, I had to get there. So friends, if that is a plot twist, then this is a cliffhanger. There was so much in this episode that I had to make it into two parts. I want you to come back next week and listen to the rest of this interview. It is so full of rich, life-giving truth. So many things you can take away from today. Join us in the Facebook group and tell me what was one thing that stood out to you so far. See you next week.